I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, and joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com. The one, the only, the one more thinking. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? I just want to give a shout out right now to YouTube TV. You came through when <laughs> it mattered. Through the clutch. Gave you when a it mattered the most. Yes, you scared me for a few days. <laughs> I thought I was going to have to, you know, end the relationship, and it was going to be a, a hard moment. Something Multiple was, parties involved. <laughs> yes, it was inevitable. The relationship just came to a brief end, and or it was going to. I thought I was going to have to, you know, kind of cheat on them a little bit and go to Hulu, but I remained loyal because they remained loyal to me. And now we can watch Mavs games, guys, on YouTube TV because a new deal is there. And I know there's sketchy stuff behind Fox Sports and all that stuff. Whoever owns the, what? What's the name of that group again? Sinclair. 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 Anyway, I got to watch the Mavs. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's what we care about it. here. <laughs> shouts, shouts. All right, on the podcast today, we are going to go through a couple of news notes and get you up to date with all the stuff happening with the Mavericks. And then um, we will talk about some league stuff. We've talked a ton of Mavericks, still kind of riding high on that win against the Pelicans the other night. Yeah, but we, we want to talk about the rest of the league, expand a little bit, and uh, you know, while we have a, a break between games here. So um, let's start with some of the injury news. Jalen Brunson, still going to be out with that shoulder injury. For the game against Memphis. Um, and then four players are questionable. Not doubtful, not probable, not out, <laughs> not not available. Questionable. So that's like right in the middle. <laughs> it's, like, it's like not leaning either way. Luca with the thumb injury. JJ Barea still with the ankle injury. Dorian Vinny Smith with the hip flexor. Uh, that's one where um, I kind of dodged a bullet on that one. If he's just questionable, kind of day to day for the next one, I was, I was happy to see that one. That seemed like a positive one. And then Tim Hardaway Jr. with a shoulder injury, he's questionable as well. So uh, interesting to see all those guys. I feel like they're. I feel like they'll all play against Memphis. That's just a feeling. I don't have anything behind that. What, what are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I will say uh, I was surprised about Tim Hardaway Jr. Uh, after the game yeah. uh, the night before because he walked into uh, he walked into the um, what am I trying to say the locker room uh, as we were ta- as we were all talking to uh, Porzingis and he had a massive ice pack on his shoulder and I don't remember anything happening to him in the game or what we noticed and uh, so that kind of surprised me a little bit but I mean he was his normal self laughing talking with people whatever. Um, so, not surprised that he's on the injury report today. Luca, the Luca thumb stuff, I wish I knew more about it because is this something that's just going to linger for a while or it's going to or is this something that like will it will time heal it or is it a thing that hey, this is going to be like this for the next couple of months until he can get like months off or possibly an off-season surgery if that's what it has to be. I don't know what what the extent of the thumb injury is. The, the the comments that we played yesterday if you have if you didn't listen to the pod yesterday you missed out because and you can still go back and you can't you don't have to miss out forever but we heard from Zion Isaac talked to Zion uh, we also heard from Porzingis and from Luca and the comments that Luca said after the game felt like 
it's just something he's going to have to deal with for for the rest of the season, right? You know, we've seen guys go through this. I mean, the most famous one is Kobe in the what was it, the 2010 finals when he had that his finger wrapped up. It was like always, you know, you saw it in every single shot. It's just something you just kind of had to deal with throughout the rest of the you know, the postseason. So from from the vibe of Luca's comments, that's what it felt like. It's just something he's going to have to deal with. Uh, and eventually, if he gets time to you know rest it or whatever, he'll be able to uh, to be able to fully heal. But that's that's the vibe I got from it. Yeah. So yeah, I w- yeah. It's well, probably yeah, we, something we don't know. We don't know. Yeah, anything. it's probably something that's going to linger for a bit. And you know, the ankle. Um, don't know if that's fully one hundred percent right now either. But um, what's the other one, Dorian? I I would say if I had to pick somebody not to play on Friday night against Memphis, I guess I would pick Dorian. Um, I'm yeah. hoping they all do play, but I could see them. Dorian, man, I, I had this pulled up. I, anyway, I'll pull it up right now. But talking about somebody, we've bra- we bragged about him over the offseason, really over the past couple of years, but as far as games played for him, I mean, this dude never misses a game, okay? Yeah. So his he's this is his fourth season in Dallas, fourth season in a league. His rookie season, 2016-17, played 81 games. Then his second season is when he had all the injuries and stuff. He only played 21. But last year, played 81 games. This year, right now, he's played 63 games. This dude hardly ever misses games. And so for him, I know it's going to be a big deal for him if he has to miss uh, on Friday. But I could see them giving him the night off on Friday and everybody else giving it a go. Yeah, but, well, besides Brunson, Brunson ain't going to play. And if you're looking ahead, this is kind of a team where they don't have as many wings, like dangerous wings that you're worried about, this Memphis team. So you can maybe get away with that. Yeah, against Brooklyn uh, the other night, uh, Memphis's last game, they started uh, Valanchunas, Kyle Anderson, DeAnthony Melton, uh, Dylan Brooks, and John Morant. So I guess if you want to say Kyle Anderson, slow-mo, my guy. The nemesis. (laughs) My best friend. uh, He... I guess he was their power forward, uh, but Dylan Brooks been playing decently well. But Gorgie yeah, Jang, they're basically playing three guards. So yeah, so um, should be fun. You know, Jaron Jackson Jr. is still out for them. Brandon Clark, and still Brandon out too. Clark's still out for them too. So John Morant in Dallas, uh, that should be fun. You get Zion and Ja right back to back in the same week in Dallas. Yeah, that'll be super fun. Memphis is three and two without both those guys so far, and one of those wins is against the Lakers, where the Lakers had both both LeBron and AD playing. And, you know my uh, theory around that, though. Oh, they just didn't. Oh, they I wanted like the Lake. <laughs> yeah, the Lakers wanted Memphis to win because they want Memphis <laughs> to get that A spot because they know they can just roll over Memphis. Well, easily. they're they're on track to keep it right now. It feels like. Um, right now, Portland is three and a half games behind Memphis. So is Sacramento, uh, and then four games for San Antonio, and then five make sure you give the Kings respect, Nick. Sorry, I said I said that they were they're three and a half. Well, they made that Baysmore trade, and that I think Vladi Vladi deserves more credit for that. And <laughs> just that, this up, nothing, if, just that, for, nothing else. From a Mavs fan perspective, they should give Vladi an extension, keep that's his job I'm, forever. That's all I'm saying. Extend Vladi right now. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, all right, coming up, I want to talk a little bit about uh, Rick Carlisle did an appearance on the Dan Patrick Show, and he said a couple of things, so I want to talk about that. And then we'll look around the league and talk about uh, some other things happening in the NBA. All right, Isaac, Rick Carlisle showed up on the Dan Patrick Wait, Show. Wait, he was on your boy? Your, like, Dan Patrick Show? Yeah, that's my boy, Dan Patrick. I thought for some reason when you texted me, I thought it was the Dennis and Kalisau Show, and I, and I didn't put two and two together. It wasn't Friday and all that. 
Dan Patrick show. Okay, that's cool. I didn't know Rick was there. Yeah, yep. He was on on uh, Friday mo- no Thursday morning, and he had a couple of things that I thought were interesting. He didn't give away too much, and they talked a lot about the old Celtics teams, which you know, whatever. Mm. But um, their strategy on Zion, I, he said three things that I thought were interesting. Mm. Get back. The Mavericks have never really been a re- an offensive rebounding team, but the fact that Zion's so good in transition and that you know get back and be in front of him, don't front him. I thought it was an interesting note uh, t- to not stay in front of Zion to make sure you're behind because they're always going to get you with the the seal and the lob, and then bring help, which is what we saw all the time. Those are the three kind of things that he mentioned about um, their strategy on Zion, and I think all those things together, I think that's all you can do, right? Like you just yeah. be in the right spots and just kind of pray that Zion is a little fatigued. Yeah, and, you know, Zion even mentioned that in his post-game um, media session, wasn't even presser, I guess, a media session last night of, of saying, or two nights ago, um, that, hey, yeah, Dallas got physical with me. He's, I, I knew that, and, uh, you know, it was definitely something, you know, it was a little bit different than some of the other uh, opponents that they faced. But you saw they, they he does try to do that, you know, in transition. You, you watch some of the tape on it. He tries to get down the court, you know, pretty quick and, and kind of pin the defender uh, kind of behind him and try to get that position because, you know, when you're lobbing up to Zion, you have a radius that's massive. So he can just, you know, jump up and grab that. And Max and them did a really good job of getting back to at the same time as Zion, but not letting Zion kind of pin him uh, away from the basket to where they could throw it up. And you, you just can't praise Max enough for last night. I, I thought that was just, it was a huge defensive performance for him. And it shows his versatility because he can guard somebody like Zion, but he also, we've also seen him against somebody like Jason Tatum too. And, Having him kind of a secondary guy to like Dorian Finney-Smith is really cool. Carlisle also admitted that national TV games have a different vibe and a different air about them. And I like this from a coach because I think it's good to admit some of these things because some some you know coaches or teams go into games and like, oh, all these games are the same. They're all the same. And like, no, some yeah, of them no. mean a little bit more. Some of them have a little you know different weight and they're going to mean the same to players and so why don't you just admit it and everybody be be forthright about what this game is going to mean and how to uh, you know attack it differently than just like oh it's just like every other game yeah it i mean it's definitely different and <clears throat> rick mentioned that you know after the game in his uh, post game presser of he said you know great you know fun game tonight uh, both teams great plays national tv game you know he just throws it in there because it is true we saw talking points today. You tagged me on Twitter of Stephen A. Smith and everything. Like when when a, a game like this to that magnitude to these young stars is you know happens and it was a, such a fun game. That's what SportsCenter led off with. And you texted before I got home and said, "Hey, your question that you asked Zion, it's on SportsCenter." And I was bummed. I'm like, "Dang it, ESPN! Like you didn't put like me asking the <laughs> yeah. question. They just put Zion. They didn't put you on. It was just Zion. I know. It was just Zion looking at me off camera and answering my question. Um, but anyway, that's what everybody's talking about. And yeah, they led Sports Center with Luca versus Zion. That doesn't that that would still happen. They would show highlights and stuff, but it wouldn't get the as much attention if it wasn't on national TV because so many people. I had people back home in Kentucky text me saying, "You at this game? You watching this game?" People I didn't even know like really watch NBA much. And they're tuning in for that. So, Luca and them, like the players, they know they get hyped up more for national TV games. Yes, absolutely. And I just like that Carlisle was able to admit that. Um, Carlisle also was asked by Dan Patrick, "When did you realize you were turning the team over to Luca on the court? Like, when did you realize that you know Luca was the guy that was going to take over 
and you're going to kind of step step aside and let him work. And Carlisle said, pretty early in year one. <laughs> uh, and then he said, it was just a matter of when the structure of the team could be adjusted to do that, which I thought was a fascinating comment, which we definitely saw, and it's interesting that they admit that. Uh, it was clear to me the first time I saw him play a pickup game in 2018, so the very first time after they drafted him, where they brought him in and he played a pickup game, he uh, realized that he was a legit point guard, which maybe he should have known that before. <laughs> but but the very first time he saw him play, he knew, like, okay, this is a real point guard, and I have to use him as a point guard. Um, and I just thought that it was interesting saying it was just a matter of when the structure of the team could be adjusted to do that. And he mentioned, you know, the the Knicks trade, and then he mentioned that they did a couple of things oh, over the off. When they traded Dennis. When they traded Dennis, when they moved some pieces around, when they basically built the team around Luka. And they were able to do that in basically one offseason, which was, you know, incredible. We talk about it all the time. We, you say we talk about it all the time. I don't think we talk about enough. And it's kind of irony about this. The KP trade, we and especially like uh, like the should amount we, of people. We should just have a clip of Doris saying, "What did the Knicks get?" <laughs> just over and over again. <laughs> I know it's not to the caliber of the Harden trade, and I get that. But or the people Power hammered trade. Yeah, people hammered the Harden trade home for years, still talking about it, and rightfully so. But like, I don't think we talk. I think Twitter talks about it every now and then. They take their jokes and stuff, but we don't talk about enough about how much of a lopsided trade and as much as KP goes off right now and the more he keeps on doing this the more it just makes the Knicks look absolutely stupid because just revisit that they got Dennis Smith Jr. which I saw somebody tweet out last night shout out to whoever it was who tweeted this out saying Chris Asperzingas scored more last night against the Pelicans that than Dennis Smith Jr. has all season and I was like oh snap um but, you know, we traded Dennis Smith Jr., Wes Matthews expiring, which he's in Milwaukee now. DeAndre Jordan, shout out, bro, defensive monster. He's in Brooklyn uh, right now. And then this is what, two two first-round picks, right? Yeah, one and, of them one of them highly protected, too. So, I mean, the way this, this run is looking for Dallas right now, I mean, they're already in the playoffs right now. You assume they're just going to get better with Luke and KP, so – if these two first round picks are probably, I mean, let's just say at worst 15, 16, but they're probably not even going to be that. It's probably going to be, you know, 20 at least. The Knicks, man, you better hope that you strike gold on, you know, one or two of these picks because it looks like Dennis's time in New York is probably not going to be super long. And then the only thing you have to show for this KP trade is those two first round picks. And that's some pressure on those guys. Dennis, by the way, he scored 187 points so far this season. Um, oh, okay. The tweet was it, wrong. It was like a couple weeks, maybe. Uh, maybe You not can't believe everything game. you see on Twitter, guys. Yeah. Maybe it was a couple weeks that Porzingis had scored. That was still more than Dennis. Okay, yeah. Year, I guess but, it could have been. Yeah. Um, still, obviously, the point stands. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? yeah. Obviously, the point stands. And, yeah, I mean, the Mavericks absolutely fleeced the Knicks, and they took advantage of a situation. And that's what we talk about in trades all the time is that's what the Mavericks have to take advantage of situations – um, where they have, you know, take advantage of a desperate team, take advantage of, you know, uh, a desperate player wanting to get out. And that was kind of the best of both worlds in this situation. And they gave up two picks, but the picks are going to be 19 and 20 probably. I mean, and the maps still keep their pick this year. That's that's kind of the crazy thing to me is they still have an asset to trade this summer and to help the team yeah. right now and to get better and to make those other picks worse. <laughs> right? Yeah. Because of the Stepien rule, they were able to do that. <laughs> and – 
I want to give a shout out to Cameron, Cameron uh, Thorby, Shouts. who, t- who t- tweeted at me uh, a few nights, I guess it was last night, and I-, I sent this to you, and I was like, holy crap, I don't, I've- guys, we talk so much on this podcast, I mean, literally, we've done hundreds <laughs> you of- You just I mean, end there, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, literally, so much. We've and done so over like- 700 shows. I, that would yeah that's insane uh the nick reminds me of like takes we have sometimes of like oh the summer remember when we said this I'm like oh did we <laughs> and this guy tweeted at me he said i remember you saying don't be shocked if kp has a better year than luca <laughs> he said and then after the first couple of months you basically said whoops on that take Perhaps you meant the actual year 2020 not the season <laughs> and i was like solid tweet i did forget all about that but it like Lucas having clearly, you know, the better season. He's a top five, top six MVP can, all this stuff. But it does show you a glimpse into. I'm not trying to say like, oh, look at this. What I was wrong on that. And well, actually, I didn't say he was going to have the better season. I just said don't. I wouldn't be shocked if he did. But it does show you the one of potential. my biggest frustrations. Yeah, it shows you the potential. But I have been getting frustrated a little bit with Mavs Twitter of trying to make it a debate. Some of some people out there saying, yeah, Porzingis is our best player. Why are we even doing this? Why? No, no, why? Like, okay. why? What, what is this? What does it accomplish? What is it? Like, what are we trying to do if we're sitting there trying to argue? I've legit seen threads of people arguing how KP's better than Luca and Luca's better than KP. What? What? Who gives a crap right now? Like, I don't. Like, why are we trying to make that a thing? Um, but anyway, it's just this past stretch of KP, it just shows you a little bit. Yeah, anyway. We can keep going. That's a dumb argument. I will not take part in it at all. Super, super dumb argument. Oh, we have a couple more Carlisle comments, by the way. Um, he was asked about the MVP race, and we can take this and turn into uh, you know, our conversation. He said the MVP race is close between LeBron and Giannis. Oh, of he said course he's going to say that. He said they both deserve it, and they should give him two trophies and take pictures and call it a day. Also, in those comments about the MVP race, he said, quote, I haven't looked at the standings today, but the Bucks will have 70 wins most likely. Which yes. means he has looked at the standings at some point. <laughs> Did we catch him? Did we get him? <coughs> Rick, Got you've him. looked at the standings. Got him. He's looked at you the look, standings. He's looked at the you've standings. looked at the standings, Rick. Just admit it. <laughs> That's going to be my favorite joke about Rick Carlisle saying he, did, he, he hadn't looked at the standings. It's the best. <laughs> By the way, shout um, out to your cough making more appearances on the podcast than maybe any. It hasn't it hasn't came back in a long time. <laughs> Isaac's cough is a reoccurring guest on the show. Somebody somebody will tweet us and be what? like, "Hey, take why don't you take care of the cough?" I'm like, "Bro, I haven't coughed in like six months. Get off me! Like th- this is the first time I've coughed. Get off." <laughs> your cough has appeared more than more than Jimmy, more than Kirk, more than, <laughs> more than anybody. <laughs> more than Cuban, more, more than Sharks. <laughs> More than sharks. More than we've played Luca's comments and said he was a guest on the show. Yeah. <laughs> hey, he was actually a guest his first media day, though. It's true, he was. True. That, was true. that is a true statement. All right, let's move into uh, some of these award takes and uh, some of these awards around the league and just some general NBA stuff. What are you thinking? All right, so the I'm glad you brought up the MVP thing because you're welcome. Uh, we have like what 20 games left in the season, roughly 20 games for every team. Yeah, and I was looking at the awards, um, well, of course, the MVP stuff. How many of these awards are just in the back? They're done now. And I, I don't remember going back and looking at the past years of saying, oh, you know, 20 games left. How many you know awards over the past few years have just been done basically with 20 games? 
But I feel like we're in a spot now to where a handful of these awards are wrapped up, done, nothing's changing. For instance, so I'll, I'll throw at you the ones that are 100% in the bag. You tell me yes or you tell me yes agree if they're, yeah. yeah, agree or disagree. <clears throat> MVP, Giannis, he's the MVP, hands down, unanimous. It ain't happening. LeBron, cool. I'm glad you're doing great. Um, it's great for a 35 year old, and you're a great guy off the court, but MVP just ain't happening for you, bro. When Isaac and I end record every night after we finish the pod, this is well, 90% of the time we will talk about the MVP race. <laughs> if we're not talking crap about people, we will talk about the MVP race. Some media take that we're just like, did you see this? Tweet, did you bro? see this guy? What is this guy doing? Um, and or talking about you guys tweeting at us. <laughs> That's true, that's true. Yeah. Shout out to the raccoon squad. We get some good DMs. Um LeBron is gonna get votes. LeBron is gonna get MVP votes and it will make you upset, but he will get some MVP votes because he's graded on a curve because of his age. Oh, cool. He's had an incredible season. I'm glad age matters when it MVP. He's he's on the Lakers and leading the Lakers, and that means that means more. He's gonna get more, you know. He's already gotten more publicity than than uh, Giannis. Case in point, sure. Alex Caruso, All Star votes, but right, and, and that kind of matters. That sways some people. I don't know why, but it does. Yeah, um, people still don't think that Giannis is. Oh, well, we okay, no. So, so Giannis had he won the MVP last year, right? Like, it's not a new story for Giannis to win again. It'd be boring. It wouldn't make for a good story. And so LeBron is a better story cuz he's doing it at an older age with this new team with the Lakers. Like that's an incredible story. Uh also the numbers with LeBron on the floor and Anthony Davis on the floor without LeBron. Like those numbers are incredible and that that just proves that LeBron is he's like MVP level and he's graded on a curve because of his age and he's going to give he's going to be given extra points for that and I think that's why he's going to get some votes. I still think Giannis wins it. I think that one's done, but LeBron will definitely get votes to your dismay. Yeah, I mean, I think it'll get votes because his name's LeBron, but it's just it's just dumb that people are trying to make it a narrative. People like Kendrick Perkins, some you know, some seen some tweets in there. Do you know Alvin who's Gentry. Ma- you know who's making it a, a a thing? By the way, ESPN. ESPN is making it a thing. They, they you can tell yeah. that listening to Arnovitz and Lowe the other day that they were told to talk about this as a com- as a topic of conversation. Like they are giving this as a topic because they went and talked about it. And they basically had nothing on either side. They were like, it's it's Giannis, and it's not LeBron. And they really had no take, and they had no context to add to it or anything because it was just not a conversation in their minds. But they were told to say it. And, hey, that happens. Le- talking about LeBron and talking about the Lakers is good for business. And I don't blame them. I don't blame ESPN at all. Uh, but Coming up next, I'll tell you why Kyle Kuzma, <laughs> in, in the running for most a, improved player. A star. Um, no, yeah, I mean – I was kind of halfway frustrated for Giannis in the Player of the Month thing that Jason Tatum won, won it over him. Giannis went 9-0 record, 27 points, 17 rebounds. Like, what, what are we talking about right now as far as um, Jason Tatum well, won a Player of the Month? Player of the Month means absolutely nothing. Sorry, KP, with your Player of the Week award. but I know, but Player of the Month. That's, that's I mean, literally just bigger, for the story. I, still, Tatum shouldn't have got it over Giannis for that. They went seven and three. He averaged thirty points a game. But cool. people, I mean. but people talk about talked about Tatum so much, and his resurgence was a big story, and Boston media and all that stuff. Like you know, there's okay. there's agendas, right? There's agendas. All right. People wonder why players want to leave smaller markets. 
Here we go. Case in point right here. Giannis is having a historical season. They're going to win 70 games and 20 games left. People's trying to make a point that LeBron should be getting MVP votes. They're also boring because they win so much. Yeah. And their point differential is insane, and so they're boring. People watch them less, Uh, including myself. I watch less Bucks games than other teams. All right, coming up, let's get into some more of these votes. Uh, which of the which of the awards are already done, though? Which of you know rookie of the year, most improved, should Luca get votes? All that kind of stuff coming up. All right, Isaac, I got two more awards that's in the bag done. Giannis MVP, the other two yeah. rookie of the year, John ja Morant, Zion, yeah, you're fine. Yeah, yeah not you're gonna, fine. If, unless unless New Orleans makes the playoffs, then it could be maybe a conversation. But even then. He's, but Zion's going to finish with like 35 games played. Yeah, That's and this is not ludicrous. the Joel Embiid versus Brogdon. I still would have taken Embiid that, that year when Embied played like 30 games in Brogdon. Yeah. But that's because Brogdon wasn't that good of a player. Exactly. His rookie year. And I think Coach of the Year's done too. I mean, if Milwaukee wins 70 games, yeah. then Bud's is in. I will say the only coach, the only coach that I consider with Bud is Nick Nurse. I think Nick, because, Nurse, I think Nick Nurse might win it. Because you you lose Kawhi and all this stuff, but I think it's going to be really hard not to give it to Bud if they win seventy games. What if they win sixty nine games? That'd be nice. That's a I mean, that's a lot of wins. So so professional. (laughs) So anyway, I think those three are done in the bag. I think then you have discussions. Is defensive player of the year between Gobert and AD? I, is that the two it's between? Marcus Smart, maybe? Marcus Smart's going to try, and TNT or ESPN or whatever that was on really tried to make a case for it the other day. Um, I still think it's, personally, I still think it's Rudy Gobert, but, um, yeah, we'll see where that lands. I think Laker... Defensive that, rating, or uh, defensive player of the year has become who's the best defensive player on the best defensive team, and right now it's the Bucks by a couple of points, which is a lot. Giannis could very much get this award. Giannis so, could win I, it, but Brooke Lopez will get some votes. He there's been some I, some talk about Brooke Lopez as as defensive. Anthony player. Davis will get a lot of votes too. This will be yeah. The Lakers yeah. are third in defensive. If ratings. the Lakers if the if the Lakers don't win any of these awards, just wrap it up. Uh, just saying. I mean, they're going to win something. Then the so, agenda isn't working, right? Like the NBA isn't fixed if the Lakers don't win any of these awards. Um. Okay, but we agree it's probably between those two, right? Uh, those two Gobert being Gobert. Like, I don't think Gobert's going to even get close. They're 11th in defensive rating this year. Is that like the the only measuring stick for it? I think that's what people are going to look at. It's like who's the best defensive player on the best defensive team. That's like right, the, cool. that's like Give the MVP. Like, you know. So it's AD, Giannis, Gobert, baby. I still think Gobert's going to get a lot of votes for that though. Clippers are fifth. <sighs> They have anybody you know who's second? The Raptors. That's wild. <laughs> that doesn't even yeah. make any sense. You can't make a case for any of their players. Uh, sixth man. Lou Williams got this in the bag. 19 uh, points a game. Dennis Schroeder's going to get some votes. I was going to throw the name out there. I think it's I think it's Schroeder versus Lou Williams for sixth man. Yeah. Uh, if if Kyrie yeah. is playing more, I think Dinwiddie would have uh, a little shot at it. But Next year. Next year, that's yeah. his award. Uh, I'm not even going to mess around with executive. I think Lawrence Frank wins that. So I think that's done. Oh, I Clippers, guess I should have yeah, put, yeah, put that in there. But um, so the two, well, I guess the only one that's like, I think just a complete who, who, who knows who gets this is most improved. And I still stick to my guns on this uh, from the very beginning of the season. My prediction on this, Luka Doncic should get most improved player. 
We've, I will argue this till it comes to yes. I talked about this on my sword. I talked about this in my hot mic stream the other day that uh the difference between where Luka Doncic was last year and where he is this year is not as big of a gap as where Brandon Ingram was last year and where he is this year. And I think that's why he's going to get most of the, I think that's why Brandon Ingram's going to win most improved. But see, I, it, but it's he went from like a player people didn't even really care about to an all-star. Luka went from I, a good player to an all-star. Luka went from a good player to an MVP candidate, though. I know, but that's when that difference the, is not looked at as much for most. I'm just saying who I think is going to win. I, I agree. Yeah, Luka, but, but, Luka but looking be at there. the but looking at the like past award, we see these guys, and I know Ingram's kind of in that same category. But like guys that we've seen win this award is Jokic, Giannis, Jimmy Butler, Paul George. Have like these guys when they take the step up into stardom, and even though Luka had an incredible season last He's too year. Good. He he was he was really good, yeah. You no, he's too good now for most improved. But but that's the thing, like you I don't mean, see Steph went, get it right. Like Steph didn't get it. <laughs> but he went from Harden not even get. making the All Star team to All Star starter and a top five, top six MVP candidate. Like that is a massive leap. I agree. Huge. That's a massive leap. So expect a Twitter. Pod rant for me if Luca does not get this award because he's not going to get it. So, so I'm going to I'm write well, it okay, down, but then get ready. ready. I, I'm going to prepare for this because he should get this award. I I like the leap that Bam made this year. Uh, that, that's cool. He's gonna, uh, he's going to get some votes too. I'm happy for him and and I'm happy for Ingram too. I think the, those are great. I just I would rather reward somebody that's in the MVP conversation. Like Luca's in the like Kawhi, LeBron, AD top six player of the league right now. Like. That was an, like a very exclusive club who just added a member who was not even an all-star last year. And so, anyway, he should get the award. If the Mavs campaign for it, it they might be able to get some votes there. Hmm. Okay. We only have a few minutes left. Who's finishing eighth in the West? It's a good question. I, mathematically, it just seems like Memphis because they have to go <coughs> – they basically just keep 500 the rest of the way, and if nobody can catch up, like right now – Memphis is 31 and 31. Portland's 28 and 35. There's seven games under 500 right now. <laughs> Dang. So if Memphis just keeps at fi- at a 500 pace, like, you know, win one, lose one, win one, lose one, it's going to be really hard for Portland to catch up cuz then at that point you're seven games back. Right? If they keep well, that Por- pace. Portland's only Yeah, well Portland's only uh They're only They're only They're only two three and a half games back. They're three and a half games back. Oh yeah, yeah, three and a half. Games. Three and a half. But if but if Memphis keeps on that pace, then they're seven sure. games back because you'd have to get up to five hundred if you're Portland. Yeah, that's true. And that's that's tougher. That, it's when the you cla- look at it the, that way. It's it's the classic. Everybody who tweets at me like, you know what? If Portland just won three games, they'd be right there in Memphis. Like, <laughs> yeah. well, guys, you know, other teams play games too. So <laughs> what's twenty eight divided by three? They've only uh, they've only won three games that many times. <laughs> also, eight? I want to I want to I want to make this I want to make this point <laughs> too. If the Clippers run away with this with the two seed, like if let's say they win the next ten games and they're clear two seed, you know where I, where I don't want the Mavs to finish seven. seven. Yeah. So okay. So <laughs> I know that we've been pushing the seven thing, but I've been pushing the seven thing all along with the mindset with the basis of thinking the Clippers are going to rest some, they're going to fall back some. Obviously, you watch them play the Houston Rockets tonight, and I mean they, they, you, I mean they just blew out the Rockets and it wasn't even if they're if they First are of all, in. You love to see it. Oh, yeah, you love to see it. But if they are in, hey, we're going to play this thing out the rest of the season like it's the playoffs to build chemistry and everybody's playing all the time, if they're in that mode, then yes, let's move up to five or six. Um, 
yeah, it's just trying to guess where, where they're going to land it. I think Denver won tonight too in Charlotte, but yeah. you know that that's going to be they're just, they're Clippers are a game up on Denver right now, and obviously Houston lost, so they're two two and a half games back from uh, from Denver in the four and three spot. But yes, if the Clippers are going to for sure hundred percent land at, at two, then let's move out of that seventh spot and let's do everything we can to get up to five or six. And don't rest guys as much is what you're saying. Yes, yes, yes. Do whatever you can and. Dallas is only a half game behind the Thunder, so it's not like this is an you know incredible leap that they'd have to make. So it's possible. All right, we will most likely be back after the game on Friday, uh, talking about the Grizzlies game. In some form of us will be back uh, talking about that, guys. We appreciate you listening. Thanks so much for listening to Locked On Maps. Peace out. Boom. Boom.